Xbox on. Game on, baby. Wow! Hello and welcome to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast, the official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. I'm joined by Award and Saber, Saviour. What? <laughs> Saviour, Jesus Christ. And everyone's favourite senior editor for Xbox for Windows Central, Jess Gordon. <laughs> I've got to be the favourite because I'm the only one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jess is only uncle I'll as well. Now, yeah, we have a special guest. Yeah, we do have a special guest joining us, not just for an interview, but for the entire episode. Jez, thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week. So, do you listen to the podcast? I'm going to put you in the spot right here. If the answer's not <laughs> yes, it's going to be a very short visit. <laughs> I have, I've listened to parts of it. I'm, I'm really terrible, you know, because I don't listen to... I don't listen to many podcasts, and I don't read many other websites. I basically just sit on Reddit all day, uh, looking for news stories, and I don't even listen to Major Nelson's podcast, and I always think I need to listen to this podcast because it's ha- probably has important information, but it's just like, it's just finding the time, you know, it, honestly, it's just finding the time. If but, you're on um, Reddit all day, every day, you're, you're my best friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love Reddit, it's, it's my favourite site ever, and um, it's actually how I got my start in journalism, is from Reddit. Really? Well, that, that, save, save that, save that. We're going we're gonna to nag you with some yeah. questions later on. That's, that's going to be an interesting story. <laughs> so, what I have heard um, in the podcast is very, very good stuff, and I will good. endeavor to listen to it more often. Yes, this, these are the <laughs> correct answers. So, Ross, yeah. why don't we get started? Yeah, so we usually start with what we have been playing. And as you're the guest this week, Jez, I'm going to ask, what have you been playing? What have you been doing all this week? Well, this week I've been playing Halo Wars 2. Um, well, in the past week, I've been playing Halo Wars 2 for review uh, on WindowsCentral.com. And also I've been playing uh, Torment Tides of Numenera for review. Which, oh, um... you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, really I, I, I backed that game. I've been waiting for three years. <laughs> three years. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm getting off this podcast. I've had enough. <laughs> But yeah, um, I can't really talk about that one because I'm under NDA, obviously, but yeah. I'm sure they won't mind me saying that I, I've been enjoying myself with that so far. Um, yeah, Halo Wars 2, I really, really loved Halo Wars 2. And one of the reasons is I'm a casual Halo fan. Um, I've always played Halo, every single Halo that's come out. And I talked about this a bit in the review. I played Halo 1, I, I skipped school to play Halo 1. You know, skip school to play Halo 2. I, I wrote a rap song about Halo 2 <laughs> as a wow. teenager, which no one will ever hear. I was about and, to say, um, that sounds like a great in, uh, outro for this episode. <laughs> no, it really isn't. Trust me. <laughs> but, um, and it's really funny, actually, because it's like it's a snapshot of the time that the rap I wrote about Halo 2 is based on an argument I was having at school about whether Halo 2 was better than Half-Life 2. Oh, that's so, a like, hard argument. Console wars even decades ago now at this point, but um, you know I've I've always played Halo games, and um, when Halo Five rolled around, I just like I just sort of like 
becomes more of a passive fan you know i hadn't watched um any of the 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 movies that i put out i hadn't read any i don't read any of the books or the comics or any of that stuff and halo 5 just felt like it felt totally alien to me like some of the stuff in that game was just like what the hell's going on who are these people and it, it just felt like the story had sort the story was more for hardcore halo fans i felt and um which is fine which is great but I feel I felt like there's a way of doing that that doesn't alienate casual fans to some degree, and um, Halo Wars Two really nailed that for me. That it was this self-contained story that not only recaps everything that's happened in Halo up to this point to do with the with the arc and stuff like that, but it also doesn't require extracurricular activity. So uh, even though Halo Wars Two isn't a first-person shooter. I think it's a pretty good way to get introduced to the series um, from a story pers- perspective. I don't know if you guys will agree with that, but um, in the sense that Captain Cutter and his crew are sort of disoriented and they're coming into this galaxy. They don't even didn't even know that the Covenant War had ended. And it was kind of interesting to see them um, work through the, the history of what's been going on while also combating this brand new threat that, you know, gets their introduction, the banished and that sort of thing. Um, so I felt I felt very much like can, more connected to the, the Halo Halo Wars Two story than I did Halo Five story, personally. But it, it's not just the fact that it's self-contained, but it also those amazing blur cinematics, are absolutely gorgeous. Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, the characters like Atriox, I felt Atriox is so much stronger a villain than the you know the Warden Eternal, you know, and all that all that stuff. I just like. It didn't connect with, you know, the Prometheans and all that sort of stuff. So, for me, it was just like, yeah, this this feels like a Halo Wars game for me, as a casual as a as a casual Halo fan rather than a hardcore Halo fan. And also, it's just kind of nice to get an RTS for a change. You that know, was like, the last one. God, I, I, I can't know. put it not to that scale. Is no, I mean, yeah. there's no RTS uh, on this generation of consoles. I mean, we've got like uh, um, Tropico, but that's not that's not an RTS. There's this sort of like a semi RTS yeah. called Air Mech Arena. On oh Xbox, yeah, which is sort of RTS esque. And um, it's like a MOBA. Yeah, it's like a MOBA RTS sort of deal. Um, but yeah, there's like it's it's just nice to get a new RTS. In general, whether whether you're on PC or on Xbox One, it's not often that like we get big name franchises tie into RTS these days. And you, you know, you go back through history and you, you think about think games like Battle for Middle Earth, and there's a there's a new um, Dawn of War coming out soon on PC, and obviously PC dominates the RTS arena completely. But it's just really nice to, that we've got an RTS on Xbox One now that is intuitive with its controls. And um, and it also has like uh, these this accessible mode for people who maybe aren't familiar with the genre, but they're fan they're fans of Halo. They want to play Halo, but they're they're also more shooter oriented, and they can try Blitz mode, which is sort of like a stripped down version of RTS, and it's more fast paced and it's more accessible for shooter players. And then I th- they can translate from Blitz into the more hardcore pvp modes in halo wars 2 i just think halo wars 2 is a very very well-rounded package high quality campaign high quality multiplayer high quality blitz mode 
which is new and unique, throw something new in there. And I just felt like it's a really good, solid package for 40 quid, you know. And that's why I rated it as I did, because I feel like there's a lot of value in that price point, whether you're whether you're a Hello fan, whether you're an RTS fan. I just feel like it delivered a lot of value. And that's why I rated it the way I did. I want to ask you about Blitz Mode. That uses cards or something, right? Because I haven't played it yet. Yeah, Blitz Mode is... Um, I played Blitz Mode a lot, actually, um, even before the game came out. And because Microsoft were kind enough to give us like, they gave us a lot of hands-on time with Blitz yeah. mode, but not so much the other modes. And I suppose it's because like Blitz mode is, it's so fast-paced that they could fit like lots of Blitz mode matches in, whereas like a proper full-blown death match in Halo Wars can you know last potentially last for hours, you know. Accessibility as well. You know, like, as you said, it's one of the more accessible modes. So yeah, I think, you know, if, you, if people were on the fence about getting this game or hadn't had that much experience, putting Blitz mode out in beta was a genius idea in my mind, just to get yeah. people into the game and know what the game was about without having, you know, been overloaded, essentially. But Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, that's that's part of Microsoft's play with Blitz mode. Is, it's kind of like similar to what they did with Warzone in Halo 5, mm. where it's like, it's less it's it's still competitive but it's less competitive and it's still it's still got that halo wars depth but not so much depth that a new player would get completely overwhelmed like you can step into halo 5's Warzone and you can have a blast just you know driving tanks and smashing everyone up and just you know doing going off and doing your own thing and to to a degree you can sort of do that in blitz as long as you follow some rules of thumb so Basically, what Blitz is, it's like it's a card battler. So you have a deck of cards, um, each representing different units from Halo Wars. You know, tanks, uh, you know, flying vehicles and uh, soldiers and all sorts of stuff. And also like these epic powers, like orbital lasers, and that look absolutely gorgeous when you use them. By the way, it's just spectacular and really fun to use. And um, <clears throat> it's all about stealing resources from the enemy so you can spend the cards and it's also about um if you're playing with friends you can have uh decks that support each other so you can have a friend that focuses on support cards while you focus on attacking and defensive cards and then you have to capture bases three bases i believe and um it's kind of like a domination style game mode but even then if you're not if you're not wanting to play against other players there's even like a blitz mode horde mode where you can play against increasingly uh, powerful waves of enemy AI, which, again, you can have complementing decks or support classes, like like healing units and that sort of thing. And uh, there's a lot of value there, you know, a lot of depth. And also when you get, like, the card packs, you can level up the cards, uh, make them do more damage and that sort of thing. So there's, like, a progressionary layer to it, sort of like in Gears of War where you get the cards and they level up and that sort of thing. But yeah, you know, it's um, Blitz mode could almost be a game in of itself. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they spun off Blitz mode as a free to play title yeah. in the future. I well, really I mean, wouldn't one be surprised. Most, one of the most popular games on the planet at the moment is uh, Clash Royale. And that is uh, for mobile. And that is sort of a, a cross between, very simple, of course, but a cross between a card battler and an RTS. So there's definitely a demand for that, that kind of thing. You don't need you to know, know about all your finished games. Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, it happens to be the biggest mobile game in the world right now. <clears throat> just, just saying. Well, you know, it's funny we talk about mobile games because 
and when I interviewed Creative Assembly back in October, uh, I play, I sat down and played Blitz Mode, and my, the first thing I was thinking was, wouldn't this be great to play on a touchscreen, like dragging the cards onto the screen, dragging the units onto other units? And I was just thinking this would be, re- this would work really well on a touchscreen, because you know you don't have to manage your buildings, you don't have to move around the map so much and that sort of thing. And I said to Creative Assembly, I said. Have you ever considered how Blitz Mode could be a standalone game for touch devices? And they sort of looked at each other knowingly for a very, very brief moment and said, you know, we, we, we're exploring all sorts of possibilities right now, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, That honestly, marketing answer. Yeah, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we see Blitz Mode spun off as a single t- standalone title in the future. But, but yeah, it, it does have that sort of mobile accessibility-ness about it. But it's still got a lot of depth, and it's very addictive. So it's not a bad thing by any stretch. And you don't have to buy the cards. You know, people say, "Oh, microtransaction this, blah blah blah." And I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of micropayments because I never, I never spend the money. Um, <clears throat> although, don't look at my uh, credit history when when it comes to Overwatch loot crates. Oh. But <laughs> <laughs> it's rocket league crates that get me, <laughs> or FIFA points. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but it's like you'll only ever be matched against people with decks that have similar strengths to your own. So it's not like it's a pay-to-win system. At least I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It doesn't look like it's going to be one of those anyway. If you're matched against a deck of equal strength, it's the same same deal in Hearthstone. Like you can buy an uh, Gwent, which a card game. You can buy card packs to get more powerful cards faster, but you'll still only be competing against people with cards that are the same strength as yours. So it's it. The the micropayment layer is there simply for people who are willing to click buy. It doesn't affect the game, I wouldn't have thought. But <clears throat> maybe that's a naive answer. I don't know. <laughs> I will just have to wait and see. Um, so, anyway, sound rubbish, 2 out of 10. Uh, yeah, Reese, what have you been playing? I, uh, I played this week. What did I play this week? Oh, I played through the park. That's what I played this week. Hmm. I went I went through it in a single sitting. It was oh, not a horror game. Yeah. Or am I going to mix up with something else? Oh yeah, yeah it's a horror I'm game. Not... Well, it's sort of. It's like, it's like part horror, part psychological trippy thing. It, it's hard to describe. It's you can finish it in about two, two and a half hours, maybe three if you poke around. But it was, uh, it was very enjoyable. And I also played uh, the DLC for Laser Fear. Oh, so that's, I had... that's a steaming pile of. So I had. Well, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, some like, of it was okay. Well, I, I personally, where, where's a fee for me? And I'm, you know me, I'm not that negative a person to actually have an outburst no. like that. But I loved Where's a Fear that when yeah, the too. DLC was announced and I could get a hold of it, I really couldn't wait. But you spend most of it walking around a foggy area as a free foot character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it just did not click with me at all. And I think it's more disappointing appointment that it, it didn't click with me the way Wheels of Fear did, but did you enjoy yeah. it? Well, I I didn't. Some parts, yes. I, I definitely didn't hate it. Um, but I mean, I paid, you know, like two euros for it. So at the end of the day, I don't think I got ripped off, but um, the good outweighed the bad when you, when you consider how much it cost. Let me put yeah. it that way. But uh, I won't play it again. And I, if someone asked me, should I get this? I'd probably tell them, you don't need to get that. Like, if you're desperate for more, go ahead. But 
should probably just play the park instead because that's actually quite good. Myself this week, I've been playing uh, Death Squared, and I'll, I'll talk a lot about that next week because that's replaced my new favourite co-op game. Um, really? But yeah, yeah. Uh, again, though it's under NDA, so I'll talk about yeah. that. I've also been just talking about the park. I've I've been getting a lot of hours into Conan Exiles. Oh, a lot of hours into Conan. I, I Conan need Exiles. that game. Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I don't have a gaming PC right now, but it's coming out on Xbox in spring, if I remember yeah. right. Yeah. So I can't wait for it to come out on Xbox too, but I'm using my Wii on my Windows 10 PC and it's running totally fine in, in my PC and I'm really enjoying it. But there's just something that I just prefer playing on Xbox. I don't know what it is. Um, but well, you yeah, know, this, I'm really uh, enjoying it. Ross? Yeah. Uh, t- t- sorry, just to, to hijack that point you just made. Uh, earlier, I raged because because uh, I'm not playing Torment Tides of Numenera, even though I've been waiting three and a half years. But I, I backed it on PC. But when a console version was announced, I actually went and bought it a second time for the console just so I could play it on my Xbox. Makes sense. So you, you want to play in your platform of choice, and it's ridiculous after spending the amount of money that I had on my PC that I've basically ended up wanting to play these games on console. <laughs> it's, it's bizarre, <laughs> but I just like to know I've got the option there, and uh, with traveling, I suppose the, the, the laptop's quite good. But um, yeah, like Conan Excels, uh, get more into the building at the moment and, and developing my sort of town and, and all the rest of it. It's, it's a phenomenal game that's going to be well at home on Xbox with the Xbox community. Um, I think it's Gonna just gonna keep on growing that game and growing. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Really enjoying it. Um, it also has dynamic teabagging. Yes. Yes. We we actually had the, uh, the was it the creative director? Yes. It was. I think it was a creative director yeah. or from Funcom on the podcast to tell us about this Conan game, and he had so many amazing stories about about dynamic penises uh, stretching <laughs> for infinity into the wind. <laughs> It was, it, was, it was one of my favourite interviews, really. There was, there was just mostly penis talk. Yeah, great. basically it was an hour talking about penises. <laughs> my girlfriend calls it the penis game. She's not, yeah. she's not a gamer, and every time I show her a screenshot, she's like, oh, is that the penis game? What I enjoy, just on, on a, a sort of... Um, sort of a sarcastic self-amusing level is that there was at one point at Funcom like a roundtable discussion about game features and and you know dynamic penis physics was not only brought up as an idea but discussed at length and agreed upon and, and enacted by like a bunch of serious people and I think that's amazing but just to think on someone's LinkedIn profile somewhere <laughs> That is that like spent three months working on a penis. That's Every that's like their speciality. Yeah, you know it's a new course, Cambridge. That's it. Will we find out what's been happening in the subreddit this week? We probably should. Cue Welsh woman. You're listening to Xbox One Party Chat podcast. This week in the subreddit. Reese, take it away with the first story. Right. Well, I should probably take what is at the moment the number one topic on the subreddit, and that was posted by user Christoculus or Christoculus? Christoculus? Either one of those. Apparently, according to Microsoft, Crackdown 3 is, quote, unquote, all about the boom. I presume that the boom 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that was awful. I feel really bad for going there. Is that cool? <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, basically, I presume the game is all about explosions um, and, and, and stuff very just cause, I suppose. Um, so, you know, there's there's virtually zero news about this game except for all the super secret stuff that uh, that Jazz probably knows and is just sort of snickering in the background <laughs> about. But no. I actually wanted to talk about first of all, if if you guys are excited about the game and and actually just to sort of talk about the Crackdown series in general. I, I know that you Ross have played Crackdown, but yes. we haven't really spent much time talking about Crackdown. Even though Crackdown One was a very important game, it was one of the first open world sandbox douchebag simulators basically <laughs> that lets you you know dick around and and and, and do mean things to to dead bodies <laughs> so so oh. so yeah <laughs> this took but, a dark turn <laughs> don't remember that in the game <laughs> you, you can pick up the corpses and like throw them at cars and stuff true. you didn't do that that's true yeah, I thought you were going a different direction. But... No, no, no. Oh, oh no. I, um, unless a feature I was unaware of. Yeah, that, that, I don't think that was made the final cut. Uh, mm. Yes, I am excited to answer your question uh, about the game. Uh, Crackdown 1 was so genre-defining, as you would call it. Uh, I had great fun with it at the time. Of course, when it, it was Games of Gold not that long before the Xbox One or after the Xbox One, I can't remember, but I, I tried to pick it up again and didn't it didn't click with me the same way, but it's quite old now, the original Crackdown. But if I go back to the memories, was there anything like just jumping in between buildings, collecting orbs, shooting things? Does it get any better? It, it was it was pretty amazing. I like the transforming cars too. What about you, Jez? Did you play? First one when uh, it came this, this, is, um, this is awkward because I got huge... I've got huge blind spots in my gaming history because during my early 20s, I was hopelessly addicted to World of Warcraft and I used to play all day, every day, unemployed. And my Xbox 360 kind of didn't get much of a look in during those years. So Crackdown sadly completely passed me by. I haven't played either of them. So that's that's a shame. So Crackdown 3 will probably be my first. Are you excited then? Well, See what all the fuss is about. We actually saw Crackdown 3 behind closed doors, quote-unquote, at oh, E3 last up. summer. <laughs> and, well, Ross, um, why did we bring this guy on the podcast? It makes me <laughs> sad. He shows off more than you. I know. He quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Not showing off, it's just a fact. <laughs> ah, you're showing off. <laughs> That's uh, not better okay. at all. So, but, uh, you, you saw the game and you can't tell us anything. No, I can. I can. We wrote a preview on it. Um, but it's, it's, nothing, it's nothing that isn't already out there you know they showed us um the uh the the multiplayer destruction is what they showed us and it it was pretty much the same stuff that 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 went out in the trailers and i they didn't let us record it but they let ign record it for some reason um which is which is really mean but anyway um (laughs) but uh yeah it's you know it looks it looks amazing um i suppose what it's going to hinge on is whether or not um the cloud stuff actually works as intended and second of all will the multiplier be compelling enough that it's not just a novelty after you've done it once kind of thing that's what i'm thinking as someone who isn't isn't sort of attached to crackdown as a franchise i'm wondering is is the destruction actually going to be fun after the novelty wears off 
or is the multiplayer actually going to be this compelling thing that you want to go back to over and over and over again? And um, when it comes to single player, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, don't know what to expect because I don't know much about Crackdown, which is yeah, it's okay. just a big blind spot in, in my gaming career. Well, I mean, I, I give you a quick rundown. It was basically just an, an open world game, and there was a series of bases dotted around the map, and with each with like a boss, and you could infiltrate whichever boss, uh, whichever base you wanted in whichever way you wanted at at any time you wanted, and kill the boss in any way you wanted. And that was basically. That was basically the game. There was just a series of areas around a huge open world. I mean, of course, that's distilling it down to like a half a dozen sentences, but uh, that was really the crux of it. It was just uh, a big playground. You could completely ignore the story and just, you know, throw dead grandmas at school buses if you really felt like that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was, the game was silly. And like, like Ross says, it hasn't aged well because it really is just a, uh, or at least it was the first crackdown. It was just the, the fun was what you've made like w- with yeah. your friends. Like it really was a sandbox game. And yeah. if, if your friend trying to make a jump and plummeting 30 stories to his death doesn't make you laugh, then, then the game, uh, then the game really doesn't have much, <laughs> much uh, appeal, I guess. But yeah. uh, you're better for not having played crackdown too. Cause that was awful. Yeah, it was terrible. Absolutely like terrible. I suppose. Um, I suppose what it's really going to hinge on then is whether or not the sandbox genre has moved on beyond what Microsoft are going to do with Crackdown Three. Like, is just cause because just cause three. I always see just cause three uh, gifts on on Reddit all the time. People doing crazy things with the physics and that and stuff like that. So it's kind of like. Um, Crackdown might have defined the genre all those years ago, but as will the will the genre have moved on beyond what what they come out with at the end of this year? I suppose that it's because now it's going to be compared to many many games, whereas the first one wasn't compared to many games. So, so I suppose that's um, the real question mark that hangs over Crackdown. We'll mm. probably hear more about it at E3. More so than comments like this worry you when when people are saying online, oh, it's all about the boom. Yeah, I guess so. I suppose like it's they're talking about. Um, well, I haven't read the article, but just going off the headline, it's kind of yeah. like uh, they're they're going to put a heavy emphasis on you know the the sandbox mayhem aspect of it, the you know the just cause three sort of aspects of it, and um, you know, but there there are games like out there like you know Grand Theft Auto five which have just continued to be a total phenomenon purely on the basis of of its compelling sandbox gameplay so if microsoft can even capture a tiny fragment of of that market um i think they'll be on something pretty cool and um let's face it blowing things up is fun you know so um blowing things up with the power of the cloud behind backing it is even more fun but it i think like people will I think I can already hear one of the criticisms of Crackdown 3 is going to be like, it's almost like a tease that we get the cloud destruction physics in one mode, but we don't get them in the main mode. You know, uh, I can already hear that criticism coming down from certain, <laughs> certain outlets. We don't know much about the game yet. It's like, like I say, I know like you were joking earlier that like maybe Jez knows something about honestly that I don't know anything about Crackdown since, um, since that E3 thing, 
that you know lots of outlets got got to check out um there hasn't really been any information about it and you know one of the reasons for that is microsoft tend to they tend to market one game at a time and stick to stick to that uh sole game um until it's out and now for now they've been doing halo wars 2 but now halo wars 2 is out the door they're going to shift over to another game and they'll shift over to another game as we head towards E3, and then it'll be like all the games, you know, that sort of thing. So like, um, whatever get whatever exclusives next for Microsoft, and we don't really know what it is at this point. Um, no, it yeah, could it, be State of Decay too. It could be. Um, you know, it's funny could, what you say. I, I think it's actually a, a really astute observation about how Microsoft works. I mean, if you compare them to Sony. You know, if Microsoft is doing one game at a time for advertising, Sony is more like backing up a dump truck and just like dumping the whole next six years worth of games on your feet and be like, yeah, it's coming. Yeah. It's a it's it's a completely different way of doing business. But I would yeah. love to have a Last of Us 2 moment, you know, when they had their PlayStation experience and they dropped that Last of Us 2 and just the reaction, you know, when are we going to have that reaction? Have we got to wait to E3 for it? Maybe. Possibly, I think at this point, probably any large game announcements are going to be in Microsoft's E3 presser, which is it's the Sunday before E3 itself now, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, okay. So he's been on episode the whole way, but Jez, we've got some questions for you. So we're going to do role reverse. It's usually you asking all the questions. Now we can get our own back. We've got to warn you, Jez, this is like serious, hard-hitting journalism that you're, you're just not prepared for. You know, I'm, I'm kind of nervous. I've never been interviewed before. So. Have you not? No, I've not. I've never been interviewed. I should have written some job, harder then? questions. That's the first huh? question. How did you get your job if you've never had an interview? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, right, Was there a black couch? I actually got my job at Windows Central um, because of a Windows Phone article I wrote, not an Xbox article. Um uh, some of you guys might be familiar with a website called icxm.net. Yes. I hand-coded that website um, back when it was called xboxmad.net, and I used to run it myself um, a couple of years ago. I, I made that blog for a hobby. I made it for fun um, one weekend. It was actually after the um, you know the whole DRM gate thing happened that summer, yeah. and the whole internet was in uproar, Microsoft Revolve, blah, 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 blah. Well, what happened was um, I had a big argument with someone I knew in real life about it. And I was just trying to explain, like, it's not so bad. You know, when is your console ever disconnected from the Internet? Blah, blah, blah. And I, fa- I found myself trying to defend Microsoft. And I was, like, tw- uh, tweeting about it back when I had, like, 50 followers. And then all the- all these people started coming to me and saying, oh, you should start a blog. You should start a blog. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a blog. And... Um, <laughs> Me and this guy, who whose Twitter handle was actually Xbox Mad UK, um, we both decided to start a blog together. And he had like a few thousand followers at this point, and I had like a couple of hundred. So we decided to use his Twitter account as the brand for the site. And um, so I just started blogging about things that I, I enjoy, you know, like Xbox, Windows, and um, <clears throat> and Windows Phone as well. I'm a big yes! fan of Windows Phone. Wait, wait, did we just become best friends? <laughs> you I got a Windows, Windows Phone? phone? Yeah. Oh, nice. I'm, I'm <laughs> I, I've so never met someone else. 
I feel I feel left out of this like disabled <laughs> bunch of people. Um, oh, Windows Phone bondage. Well, <laughs> Windows Phone bondage. <laughs> Not <thing>. quite. <laughs> That's a whole new level. <laughs> that escalated quickly. But um, no, no, no. Uh, this is turning into a long story. But um, I actually told this story on BIM recently. But what happened? What what really happened that got me into Microsoft was. Um, there was this I had this female friend and she had a boyfriend and long story short uh, her boyfriend really didn't like me and he was a massive Apple fanboy and it was the first time I'd ever encountered someone who was a fanboy of a company so to contradict him and annoy him and he was the kind of guy who had Apple logo stuck to his front door and he had like Steve Jobs' biography on the table if he ever hears this he'll, he'll probably like Try and hunt me down exist? and kill me. Yeah, those people really exist. Oh Trust wow, me. I thought that was just a meme. <laughs> no, it's real. Trust me. But anyway, this guy was a huge Apple fanboy. So to contradict him and annoy him, I became a Microsoft fanboy, like just to troll him in real life. <laughs> but I found that I was actually pretty good at it. So I started, you know, I had this Twitter account. And my Twitter account used to be called at um, msfty. Uh, you know, Microsofty. And, you know, I was tweeting all this stuff and, and people were listening. So I started writing a blog and um, Microsoft are very supportive of independent bloggers. And, you know, you probably you're probably aware, you know, um, uh, the the Xbox executives, they they do small podcasts and stuff like that. Well, it was the same way for Windows Phone. So or at least it was back when Microsoft cared about it. Oh, <laughs> so, I feel um, bad again. But, yeah. Sorry about that. But um, this is turning into a really long and boring story, so I'll wrap it no, up quickly. Keep going. But, but, <laughs> but basically, um, back when Nokia were at their height, they had like a fan program for fan sites. And we'd been writing about Windows Phone on Xbox Mad quite a bit. And they invited me to Mobile World Congress in Barcelona to, to see the Lumia 640 get launched and to interview a Nokia VP of marketing. Uh, and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. So I went I went to Barcelona, checked out the new phone, uh, took photographs of it, and wrote up a bunch of articles on Xbox Mad for it. And um, and uh, we interviewed um, this uh, Nokia VP for marketing, and I posted it on Xbox Mad, and then someone posted it from Xbox Mad onto the Windows Phone subreddit, and it got upvoted to the top. And then I got an email from Daniel Rubino, who's the editor-in-chief of Windows Central, offering me a job. So okay. phenomenal. The rest is history, literally. I was like, yeah, sure. So, so um, I handed again, Xbox Mac Reddit. off. Yeah, it was Reddit. It was all Reddit. You know, Reddit and Twitter is how I got my job. And um, <clears throat> I handed Xbox Mad. Uh, Xbox Mad had been rebranded to i6M, and I handed that off to someone else to run. And... Um, and then I joined Windows Central and as a freelancer and just sort of rose through the ranks, proved myself, and now I'm senior editor, which is pretty awesome. I think so. so. Now, that's in, you're in Cologne, is that right, in Germany? Right now, I live in uh, South Germany, uh, near a town called Rothenburg. Ah. But um, I'm going back to the UK next month. So. Ah. Oh, apparently um, going back, coming back here. I sort of live between here in Germany and the UK right now because my girlfriend lives in Germany. 
So I live here for a few months and then I go back to England for a few months because um, neither of us want to move country. <laughs> so, uh, the European problem. Yeah. <laughs> you might be forced to in a few years. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's, uh, yeah, I sort of live between countries right now. Right. So, so, so tell us a little bit about Windows Central then for, for, for anyone living under a rock who doesn't actually know about your website. What are, what are you guys all about? So Windows Central, um, Windows Central was formerly called Windows Phone Central, and we're pretty much the number one website for Windows Phone on the internet. Now, people might laugh at that. Uh, <laughs> laugh at I, that. I used to read that site religiously. Yeah, we, we were like the only place Windows Phone Windows Phone news, and um, for for the longest time. And you know, there are some other quality sites out there now, um, and but you know, Windows Phone's been on a decline for the last three or four years or so at this point. And um, so they decided to, because we were posting so much about Surface and, and because Microsoft were consolidating their ecosystem under the Universal Windows platform, whereas Windows 10, Windows 10 Mobile might as well not exist now. It's all just Windows 10, you know, Xbox mm-hmm. is Windows 10. It's all Windows 10. So we decided to become Windows Central to reflect that and expand as well at the same time. So... Um, so we still have our passionate Windows Phone user base, but I've been trying to expand into Xbox coverage more and more, which is very, very hard to compete with those big sites on Xbox coverage. But we are redesigning the front of Windows Central soon. So we've got a dedicated section just to gaming, a dedicated section to Surface and laptop hardware, a dedicated section to Windows 10 and apps and stuff like that. So if you are interested in Xbox, but you're not interested in Windows Phone, then they won't all be mashed together in a column like they are right now so um so yeah you know we we're still growing um uh we are we are like a big destination for windows but not so much on xbox um but i'm trying to fix that uh, over time hopefully going to be expanding to more game coverage not just xbox coverage but also game coverage as well but it's uh it's a lot of work Uh, we leak Windows stuff. That's what we do at Windows Central. Being part of that, one of the more popular Windows websites you could see in the, the web, um, you must get to do some really, really cool things. So what is the single coolest thing that you've got to do because of your job? Well, um, I, I, I'm just going to throw it out there. Last year was probably the best year of my life in terms of cool stuff that I got to do. Um, before working at Windows Central, I was an IT technician in a, for a high school. No no room for promotion and stuff like that. I, I dropped out of high school to play Halo, you know, when I was a kid. And, my man. <laughs> I dropped, yeah, to play Halo and World of Warcraft. That was literally all I cared about when I was younger. And um, so I was sort of like, I'd sort of resigned myself to never being able to do cool stuff. Um, but I got very, very lucky and I uh, got hired by Windows Central. And Windows Central sent me to E3 last year, which was just amazing. I never thought I'd get to go to a place like that. Um, also, Microsoft invited me to Redmond last October to uh, check out 343 Industries. So I went to 343 Industries and played Halo Wars 2. I interviewed uh, Dan Ayub and uh, the chaps at Creative Assembly. And, you know, I never thought I'd get to do that either. Um, at E3, I interviewed uh, Hideki Kamiya about Scalebound. <laughs> oh, that was worthwhile. 
<laughs> we all know where that ended. But yeah. that's so I, I'm going to choose to blame you. I'm going to make a yeah, thread was... on Reddit. <laughs> right I thought he was doing fine up until you interviewed them. <laughs> yeah. I also, yeah. actually, the very first game interview I did was with the senior producer. And this was um for Xbox Mad, by the way. Because um, for Xbox Mad, I was still... I still had my full-time job working as IT technician, and um, I paid for I paid for myself to go to Gamescom. I couldn't afford a hotel, so I slept in I slept in the airport. But um, oh. that was that was rough. That was so rough. But at Gamescom that year, I interviewed. The first interview I ever had was with the senior developer of Fable Legend. Oh no! And then I interviewed the the senior developer of Scalebound straight after. Who else have you poisoned? <laughs> yeah, it's like like I'm cursed now. But I, John Holmes, brother. I think no. we just um, ruined his career actually by by airing that. I don't going to want to interview you anymore. Yeah, I was going to say that. I'm concerned for more help. Oh, it's us interviewing you. Oh it's yeah. Fine. Oh yeah, we're good. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I've like passed the curse on now. The next person. <laughs> it's it's like the ring. You have to watch show the video to someone else. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you um. You actually run your own podcast as well on the side. Uh, Xbox Central used to be called OneCast. Tell us mm. about that one. Well, um, as part of uh, you know trying to just um, bring a bit more positivity, I guess, to gaming coverage because that that was always my thing. Like, I want to bring like some positivity to Xbox coverage, and um, that's always been my sort of naive sort of goal with <laughs> all of this stuff. And um, so one aspect of that was that we do our own podcast as well. That was very, very positive and, uh, you know, kind of like a fan cast, you know, uh, just just something that celebrates Xbox. Kind of like what you guys are doing, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, there are plenty of podcasts out there that do that as well. But I just sort of wanted my own because my schedule. Yeah, but, but they're all rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> As I say, yeah, uh, we do run our own podcast, Xbox Central on SoundCloud. Quick plug, soundcloud.com forward slash Xbox Central. But we don't podcast that often because um, schedules are just so tight lately. But we just we just pretty much do what you guys do. I, I mean, literally, when, when you said the first thing we usually talk about is what games we've been playing this week, that's what we do on Xbox Central as well. <laughs> what games we've uh, been playing this week. Uh, that's that's about- podcast 101. Like every gaming podcast in the world, I can't wait to drop that. But, <laughs> um, but we also we also dive into the UWP aspects a lot, um, the Windows side of things a lot, um, because you know we do cover the whole ecosystem. Uh, we often talk about apps and and some of the some of the stuff that. Uh, maybe only Xbox fans are interested in rather than just general gaming fans because like you start talking about UWP sometimes and people like switch off and fall asleep. But I really <laughs> love that stuff, so you know we talk about that sometimes um, and just general general gaming stuff, controversy and um, occasionally a bit of Windows Phone in there as well. Yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean we're guilty of talking about boring apps too. I think last week we spent like. 20 minutes nerding out about Cody coming to the Xbox One. That was my best article of the week. That was. Right? Yeah. I, was like, I spent like all this time writing these massive articles researched for the week, and then I, I quick posted, Cody's coming to Xbox One, and it's like 15,000 hits and the 30,000 hits <laughs> the next day. It's like, what? 
what the hell is this? You know, why is this such a big deal? But um, people love Cody, you know, like really, really love that thing. Yeah. And, uh, so speaking of articles you've written, I'm, I'm going to ask this next question because because Ross has some very, very important questions coming up for you at the very end of this interview that that he asks every weekend there. I'm, I'm just not uh, experienced enough to sort of uh, deliver a question of such brevity. But uh, I want to ask that... Uh, uh, basically, I noticed that you wrote your own Game of the Year awards for 2016, and I, I, I quite liked all of them, except your uh, actual Game of the Year, for anyone who doesn't know, was The Flame and Flood. And yeah. I haven't played it. Sell it to me. I want to know why. I love The Flame and the Flood, right? Because it's got an amazing soundtrack. Now, uh, there's, there's lots of reasons why Flame and the Flood, but um, when when... I wrote that article when I was a bit drunk, um, oh. I admit. And sometimes when, whenever anyone asks me, what is your favorite X? I always write down the first thing that comes into my head. And if, when I when I asked myself the question, what is your favorite game of 2016? The first thing that popped into my head was the flame and the flood. And the reason, the reason being is that it was just the most unique game I played that year that, was it was so rewarding and it was the game that i was just i was just totally engrossed in the flame of the flood last year and my reasons are just completely completely subjective and unscientific um which is why i wanted to do like my own game awards that were just like my own ridiculous reasons but some of the reasons are i really really adore the soundtrack and it was made by chuck regan and it's my kind of music like acoustic music uh folky and it's all about the game <clears throat> like the, the it's very very thematic of the game which is sort of like this post-apocalyptic world that's been flooded and you're all you're the only survivor or one of the very very few survivors and it's like a, it's a craft em up game where you you craft you have to get resources like sticks and make traps and and then you know trap wolves and get the meat and cook the meat and not get infected and stuff like that it's very it's very sort of similar to the long dark but with a sort of isometric viewpoint um it was made by uh, a developer called the Molasses Flood, who are made up of ex-developers from Irrational Games, who worked on Bioshock, and also some ex-Halo devs, I believe. And um, so it's got this gorgeous sort of almost like Picasso art style, where it's uh, you know very haunting sort of quality, very very similar to Bioshock. And any Bioshock fan will recognize Flame the Flood's art style straight away, I would say. And um, it's just it's just a really charming, lovely game, and if you're a fan of survival games in general, I think you probably play the Flame and the Flood already. But if you haven't, you absolutely need to. It's a really. I don't know really if you can hear game. my mouse going, but like I'm 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 on my way to to, to download this like right now. <laughs> it's it's just it's such a charming game. It really really is, and um, you know. It's it's very unique as well. There's not many games that let you, you know, uh, swim down a river on a on a rickety raft and upgrade it and stuff like that. Because it, it and it's all procedurally generated as well. You travel down this river on a raft and you can upgrade it and then you can enter these sort of areas, um, uh, isometric areas like woods and abandoned cities and stuff and scavenge for supplies and that sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> it's awesome. Definitely recommend it. Definitely check it out. 
I think I'm going to buy it as well now, Jess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just sitting listening, not speaking. It's very rare to keep me quiet, but... <laughs> well, look, there is one last question which I just need to ask you, and I'm, I'm sorry that I have to do this to you, because you seem quite, like, quite a nice guy. Quite, quite a nice guy, <laughs> but... What classic video game character could you knock out with one punch? Classic video game character. Eh, it can be you define classic. It can be pretty much anything. For some reason, the first thing that came to mind was Mario. Mario. I don't know why. Right but, in the big nose. Yeah, I mean, what is Mario? Like he's like plumber. It, it makes no sense. I don't like Mario. It just you doesn't don't like make Mario. Any sense. Wait, no, that, don't. That's a quote. Yeah. <laughs> Jess from Windows Central. I don't like Mario. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be the top article on Nintendo Life tomorrow. You wait. He's <laughs> <laughs> just so he's so arrogant, you know. He he thinks he's this super plumber, but how much plumbing does he actually do in those games? I don't actually think he's a legitimate plumber person. You, you don't think he's qualified? No, I don't, and we've never seen his qualifications. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm throwing it out there right now. I don't think Mario's a plumber at all. Oh wow. I think it's That's... fake news that he's a plumber. <laughs> Chortle snicker guffaw. Wow. <laughs> well, with that bombshell, I think I'm going to take us out of this podcast. <laughs> Probably the safest thing to do at this point because I can already hear the Nintendo fans scratching at the door. <laughs> I moderate our Nintendo. I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> Look, Jez, thank you for taking the time for joining us on this week's episode. Thanks, I suppose Reese as well. Yeah. We'll be looking forward to checking out what Windows Central has to offer. And I'm going to give you this. You've plugged a little bit. Go on 20 seconds to plug. On you go. Uh, WindowsCentral.com is a website where we post things sometimes. Sometimes they have pictures. Sometimes they don't have pictures, but when they do have pictures, they're very cool pictures. So come and have a look. That was was a lot of pictures. That was probably the best advertisement of uh, Windows Central I've ever heard, though. (laughs) We should record that and play it every week. Yeah, we we, We we basically should. And uh, (laughs) Jess, if if anyone wants to follow you on a Twitter, where will they find you? They will find me at Jez Corden, J-Z-C-O-R-D-E-N. If you like anime gifs and sarcasm, come and give me a follow. We'll chat and be friends. Excellent. Well, thanks again, and Reese. Pleasure as always. Indeed, Ross. For another week, Xbox turn off. You're listening to Xbox One Party Chat Podcast. The official podcast of the Xbox One subreddit. Let's do this. Oh, uh, Jess, can you give us a soundbite? Soundbite? Yeah, like, hi, I'm insert name from insert website, and you're listening to the Party Chat podcast. Oh, sure. I mean, I'm nobody, but, you know. If you don't have to, you don't want to. Oh, I, I don't mind. I don't mind. Um, how do I do this? I'll do it on Audacity then, I guess. Or no, no, just speak. I'll just get off it. Skype. Oh, okay. Um, hi, I'm Jez Corden from Windows Central, and you're listening to the. I forgot the name of the podcast. That's embarrassing. <laughs> oh.
<laughs> you know what? That was actually better than an intro. Because now we've got an outro. Yeah, we do. 